Good afternoon and welcome to Susan Harmon Experience. She, this is Susan and I am here with my friend Lydia Woods. Um, I, You know, I love our theme song. Lydia was rocking and rolling with me with the song coming on. <laughs> you know, the, I mean, think about it. If if this isn't the time for us to smile on our brothers, I don't know when it, when there will be a time for us to smile and, and try to see everybody out there, even the idiots, <laughs> you know, it's our brothers, you know, every village needs an idiot, right? <laughs> and in our case, we have a number of them. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I was channeling. Um, <laughs> but um, I have been very fortunate uh, since I moved to Arizona. And, you know, um, I most people in the audience know I go back to Seattle a lot because I love Seattle. I don't love the traffic. I, I love Seattle. And I love my friends. And I love the food. I miss the restaurants so much. Yeah. And Lydia, is you're a really well-traveled woman. Really? Aren't you? Don't you don't, you've been around a lot, <laughs> I've been right? Around a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Sixty-six years around the United States. Uh, all over the U.S. Um, was a camper in my youth. Were you? And um, I took my children. I took my children around camping all over the United States in national parks. Cool. And you know, national parks are so important, and that's something that's been under attack uh, mm -hmm. recently. Yes. Is uh, let's just drill in those national parks and cut down the trees and you know and I no the reason that we picked the idea of national parks was we had people that had foresight yes. and said we need to save the land for all of the citizens That's of right. our country That's to right. enjoy these natural resources and not just rip and root everything yes. out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's really important. I think taking children uh, out camping and and these these are such really good things for kids. Um, I know that one of the things that some of the organizations that I knew in Seattle, I don't know, some of you know, I used to set up drug, alcohol, and gang prevention programs in the city of Seattle, and taking the kids out to the country to go hiking. Yeah. There was one teacher in a grade school, he and the, this other one he had was on one of the islands, and he would take all the kids for the day over there to dig for clams, mm -hmm. and, and these kids... It was a. It was just like a miracle for them to do this, but it, the you know, impact it had on their lives yes. and their appreciation of the water and the air and the berries that grew on the bushes and the clams. Absolutely. And then we would all eat together. <laughs> I mean, it's great. You've gathered your own food mm -hmm. and you're eating it. Yeah. So good for the children. But years ago, I had a nonprofit organization where I took. I took children from the city, African-American children, uh -huh. out camping for the weekend and exposed them to tent camping and, and marshmallows over the fire and hiking through the woods. Things they weren't used to they because used they lived in, in these in concrete the buildings. Yeah, yeah. yeah I um, one of the things I did with my kids, of course, in Seattle, we had uh, the high school near me had almost 80 different languages and dialects as first oh, languages. Uh -huh. So it's a very diverse community. And one of the things that uh, myself and then there was a Spanish teacher at the middle school there. She was just marvelous. She would take the kids on a bus into the wealthy areas that mm -hmm. they didn't live in and get out and walk around on the streets. And these children were frightened yes. of the wealthy areas and yeah. taught them, look, you can be anywhere that you want and you can be comfortable 
in any of these places. And it was such a, a good thing to push their boundaries, yes. you yes. know, and, and say, you, it starts with self-acceptance. Yes, ma'am. Doesn't it? That's right. Self-acceptance. So I would talk to the kids, because my own daughter used to say that going down a, what they call the junction in West Seattle, where mm-hmm. the shopping, she said, if I didn't have a bag in my hand, a lot of the adults would holler at me. What are you teenagers doing down here? You know, kind yeah. of thing. She said, so I used to always take a, like I was I had a bag that I was shopping. Yeah. Just to, oh you know, isn't that? <laughs> yeah. And that's a pretty little white girl. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. you can imagine a big thuggy looking boy, you yeah. know, yeah. The, you know, with his sagging pants and all. They're going to, yeah. they're going to have a little different attitude towards that's him. That's right. And for the children to learn to accept themselves first. Yes. I think it's really big, don't you? I think it's incredibly big. And when you took your kids, they had a different attitude about life. You know, you don't know the impact on a child's life and experience. And you expose them to something, and then they go on to something else. Uh-huh. They have dreams, and it helps them to dream bigger. Bigger. As they're right. exposed to different things in their life. You know... I totally agree with you on that. I had um, a couple of kids, and I've told this story before, who I was over at the shopping center, and I see security chasing them, right? And they go running, and they climb, jump over this uh, uh, fence where the sports, you know, uh, sport fields were and all. And I looked, and I drove my car, and I saw them split up in there. And then I drove around the front where the community center was and waited for a couple of them I knew to come by. And I said, hey, what were you all doing over there at the shop?" We weren't doing nothing. <laughs> you know, like, okay, yeah, tell me anything. Yeah. I'm going to go talk to Junior, who was the head of the um, the the uh, community center where they lived. So I'm going to go talk to Junior. And I went and talked to Junior. Mm-hmm. And Junior called their parents in with them mm-hmm. to have this discussion about what they did. And they knew it was me. I said, it's me. You know, you don't have to wonder where it came from. You know, you need to know it's me. (laughs) And so um, they were telling one of the social workers, this one kid said, that woman is everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say to him, you behave in yourself. Here's my card. If you need to use me as a reference, you need something, Mm -hmm. I'm here for you. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so one day I'm driving down, a few years later, I'm driving down the street and here's this kid. He's like, 19 now and he's driving by me and he rolls his window down and he says see my car I got with my job that I have he was so proud to tell me mm-hmm. how well he was doing, doing. Yes. Yeah. yeah and you know you don't realize at the time that you're having if you have any impact right, on these right, kids right. at all yeah. But I could tell the pride he took in himself I said I'm so proud of you good job you yeah. know and one or two just, comes back to let you know what impact you had on their lives. You've touched hundreds of kids, mm-hmm. but you won't know how you've impacted that. But one or two you'll see later on in life, and they'll tell you what impact you had on their lives. Yeah. It makes yeah. you feel really good. I had this one kid, I said, I haven't seen you over at the park lately because they skip school. <laughs> and he says, yeah, that's because I've been studying. I said, great. And he, I said, you know why I, I go over there? And he says, yeah, because you care what happens to us. Yeah. They're not stupid. These kids are not stupid. No, and not that's the mistake that people make. They're bright as buttons. Yes, and they they're are. and they're little Dobermans too, man. They can <laughs> smell a phony. They can sniff oh, you yeah, out. They, can. <laughs> yes, they, they, can. they know, know you are phony. They know for sure. Absolutely. You're doing something that so impressed me and touched my heart so deeply 
Uh, I met you at Arizona Enlightenment Center. You had come there with got a ton of drums, all different kinds of drums, African drums, yeah. uh, native drums, a whole variety uh, of drums. And I drum. You might have noticed when you came in, all my drums that <laughs> yes, I have in the room, right? And so I thought it was wonderful that you were coming there with the drums. But then when you started talking about making drums for the kids, I was like, so, wow, this woman is amazing. And I've talked to several of the women who've, who volunteered to yes, go make drums with you. Drums. And, it made, and it made their day. Absolutely. I thought I was just doing things to help children. And then I realized, everybody. oh, my God, the volunteers that are making the drums and painting drums and giving them to the kids, they're impacted just as much as the children. Oh, my like, it's God, a that's win, all they can win. talk about. It's a win-win situation. So tell, tell the people what, how you do, what you do with this, how you started this. I what? started uh, Drum Arizona, Inc. in February of 2016. And I'm going to interrupt just one second. Drum Arizona, Inc. I want you to write that down because I want you to support this. I don't care if you're in Arizona or Washington or New York or, or wherever you are listening to our show. I want you to remember this and support it. Go ahead. I had just moved from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, where I was feeding the homeless out of the trunk of my car. And I had an organization called um, the Mobile Soup Kitchen. The mobile soup kitchen. And I was participating in a drum circle uh, every Sunday in the park. And I could see the transformation in people as they came, were drawn by the drums and the sound of the drums. And people were being healed and stress relief and just dancing and letting go. And I thought, wouldn't this be something to give to the homeless? Yes. Right on the street. Right. And so I had this vision of taking my drums down to the park where the homeless hang out and just allowing them to drum. Uh-huh. And um, so when I moved here, that vision was still in my mind, and I um, started Drum Arizona, Inc. There's a lot of homeless here, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I can't remember the numbers, but last year, I think over 100 Hundred and some odd homeless people died because of the heat. Yes, I would think so. And people don't uh, don't realize they think about being homeless out in the cold, but they forget about being homeless out in the heat mm -hmm. can be just, just as, as deadly. Devastating. Uh -huh. Just as devastating. Just as devastating. And so I started the organization. I took money out of my four one k. I love your style. And I, I said, don't need those savings. <laughs> I said, Lord, that is my retirement. He said, but I want you to do this. Yeah. I was inspired by God to do it. Of course. And so um, I started doing drumming with the homeless. <clears throat> and later on that year, in 2016, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to make drums and give them away to children who are homeless and hospitalized. I want you to make 100 drums. So by the end of 2016, I had solicited volunteers. We made drums. We went into UMOM, which is a, a homeless shelter down in What's Phoenix. it called? UMOM. U-M-O-M. U-M-O-M. UMOM. Okay. And it's a homeless shelter for families. Ah. And we contacted them, and we went down and gave drums. And then Thunderbird Children's Hospital, we gave drums there as well. And so at the end of the year, I said, well, God, what do you want me to do next? 
He says, well, I want you to give away 300 drums. 300 drums. <laughs> so all the children in the foster group homes in Maricopa County, there are 30 foster group homes. There are 10 children in each group home. That's so 300. every month we had um, 20 children come to the church. We, they participated in a drum circle, and we gave them their own drum to take home. Oh and that was God. just an amazing experience. So it took us about a year and a half to do that. To do 300 drums. To 300. So I says, what are we going to do next? <laughs> we went from 100 to 300. To 300 now where do we go? He says, I want you to do over 1,000 drums. Oh, my goodness. 1,000 drum project. And I want you to give away drums to children and foster families. There are um, 500 foster families in five cities, Glendale, Peoria, Surprise, El Mirage, and Sun City. He said, I want you All to here in drums. the West Valley. Mm -hmm. He said, I want you to give drums to those people. I said, okay, that's a pretty big <laughs> project. Okay. And we work on donations and volunteers. But he said, don't be worried. Everything will go well. You just do your part, and I'll do my part. I said, Lord, what is your part? He says, my part is the money. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you Hey, got you can't find a better investor That's than right. that. <laughs> I said, you got He said, I've been doing well so far. I says, I will not fire you. You're good at what you do. <laughs> and so um, we're now into our thousand drum project. And How far into it are you at this point? Do you know, roughly? We're, um, we're just about four or five months into it. Okay. So but we've been giving away uh, drums, over 200 drums and we're moving along. We've got more and more volunteers. I know a couple of the women at the group were just so ecstatic and they want to do it more. Yeah. They want to make more drums. Every time we go and do a drumming engagement with a group of people, mm -hmm. then they get inspired to come on board to volunteer with us and to donate. Right, right. So we were there at the Arizona Enlightenment Center and some of those people got on board. I did a drumming um, session for the Illinois Club in Sun City. Oh, and one of the ladies is a member of our, our weekly drum circle, and she invited me to do the drum circle. They had a, they were having a cookout and a going away party for the uh, snowbirds. Oh, okay. She said we got about fifty people, and so I bought drums for fifty people, and they drummed for about an hour. They were so inspired. They decided to partnership with us and adopt us their club. And they give us oh, a donation wow. every month. And so many of them come over and make and paint drums with us to give away to the children. So it seems like everywhere we go, we're impacting uh, seniors and, and volunteers to help us. And I think that's uh, that's great uh, to help. And do you do you ever get volunteers like from the high schools? Like we have some not of the teenagers? Uh, been putting out they we haven't been marked. We're located in Sun City, right? And we're mostly around the uh, Old older folks. population. Yeah, right, right. So um, every now and then, one of the people will bring a grandchild or a teenager, and we uh -huh. love to have the young right, people make right. drums. But we haven't solicited help from them yet. Now I'm just curious because I think you know that for some of the kids that they're they've got a pretty good life going for them. It. Uh, it might be a, 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 a nice thing. Absolutely. For them. Volunteerism 
is really going well in high schools. The kids want to get some volunteering under their belt for exactly. their college resumes. Right. And well, and I know I don't know how they are in Arizona, but I know in Washington State you have to have a certain amount absolutely. of volunteering Your credits. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, yeah, and you should. Absolutely. Yeah, it's important. Um, we uh, we enjoyed your drumming. Now you know I'm a drummer. Yeah. I don't do it the way you do, <laughs> which is really was really cool for me mm -hmm. to learn something new. Yes. Something yeah. very different. You know, every person who facilitates a drum circle has their own style. That's right. So you can go to five or six different drum circles and they're going to be totally different. totally different. You know, it's like um, I brought a friend of mine um, uh, down from um, Northwest. She's native. Uh, it's a drum maker. And she would love to know more about this. I'm going to give her a call. Okay. She she goes to Australia and to China and all that teaching uh, native drum making. She's just a really wonderful human being. And um, she would love to know more about this, I know. Mm -hmm. I mean... It just, uh, it's just really important to, you know, a couple of months ago, we had our first authentic Native American, full Native American come to one of our drum circles, um, drum making activities. She saw us online at the meetup and she was so informative because she let us in on Native American culture. Women don't make drums or play them. In Native American culture. Depends on which and it which depends tribe. On the which tribe. Which tribe. Things are changing. And uh, but guess who bit. started the drumming initially? Hi, the women. The women. <laughs> Hello. And she said, she says, I'm an elder now, and so I can break the rules. And when she saw that we were making drums for children, she had never made a drum herself. And she was just so uh, excited to participate. To participate because she wanted to yeah. to to know more about it and do you know do more things uh, like that. And I think that that's um, an amazing thing to do, you know, because there's there's skill and and what's what I found interesting is the way she ties off the drum. I haven't seen any two drum makers that did a drum the same Absolutely. way. Absolutely. There's so many ways to um, do the back, the lacing. The lacing, yeah, it's super In different important. tribes, there's different uh, rules and regulations of how to do it. Because, yeah, it's, it's all, all totally unique and different. There's over 480-plus tribes. And yeah, no two easily. tribes are alike. <laughs> they, no, and so they, you can't they just all have, lump everybody together and say no, Native American. Well, some, well, but they do. It's the same yeah. as saying African Americans. That's it's right. the same as saying women. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's right. no, I mean, like, well, women like this. Well, no, I don't know. No. Maybe I do. Maybe I'm I don't. I'm a woman, and I don't like that. Yeah, There's exactly. Diversity. And I think that if we if we recognize every single person comes to the table with their own individual yeah. gifts. Yes. And their own individual needs. I mean, you bring one thing, I bring another, this other person another. So I can learn from you. You can learn from me. We can both learn from the third person. Yes. You know, and if we come at it that way and say, well, this is how I do it. Mm -hmm. You know, if we don't get, you know, it's, if it's for instance, a friend of mine uh, taught down uh, uh, in, in the, um, down in Tucson, uh, the Catholic uh, church, she's a school teacher. Uh -huh. That's the, uh, uh, People. Okay. Well, in their culture, if you look someone directly in the eye, it's very rude. Mm -hmm. You always talk to them looking down. 
Well, in my culture, if you don't look me in the That's eye, right. <laughs> then there's something there's wrong something with wrong. you're being invasive. <laughs> invasive. You know, you're like, look me in the eye. <laughs> look me in the eye, and if I in their culture, if I look you in the eye, I'm being rude. You be rude. <laughs> so, is one right and the other wrong? No, no. It's just a different way of Every seeing things. And and so there's a way to um, to to be uh, uh, honoring other people without, yes. you know, yes. without, uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, without uh, just being disrespectful. Disrespectful. And, you know, I do get tired of people like, well, you need to respect my culture. And, and I, I agree, but it would be nice if you'd respect mine too, right. <laughs> you know. And that's one of the things with Drum Arizona. We do African djembe drumming, and we also yeah. do Native American style drumming. We don't want to be disrespectful to African drumming or to Native American drumming. We're using their drums, right. but we're not trying to be, be like them, them right. or to steal their culture or anything, anything like that. We're just using the medium of the drum, but not uh, disrespecting their cultures. I know, and I think some people take it too far, the co-opting of culture. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like, if a little blonde girl wants to braid her hair with a tight braid cornrows on her hair, yeah. why is that wrong? It is the greatest form of flattery. Exactly. That's what I've always exactly. heard. Exactly. So imitation. Imitation. This makes her happy to do that. Is that any different than an African-American woman who wants to straighten her hair? Mm -hmm. It's your hair. You can do what you want with your hair. And so when I hear people saying, you know, and, and they point out something that I'm thinking like, who cares how person A wears their hair or person yeah. B? It has nothing to do with the content of their character or the Or person, disrespect. Or, dis, or disrespect. There are no rules in stone that you have to have this or you have to have that. Exactly. It, it's really important. So do you, if, has there ever been one story, one kid that got a drum that really stood out in your mind? Because you've given out so many drums. Oh, my goodness. We, we did, a, um, there is a kid that really stands out, too, as a matter of fact. One was a teenage boy. He was wearing a black hoodie with a hood up. And they were coming, Didn't want from, to be seen. coming from the group home. It was obvious he had an attitude. When the kids came in, um, they were told to go to the table and get a drum off the table. And he just sat down in the chair with his arms crossed. Well, you know, and when I you've been hurt him, that much. Yes. Yeah. You don't I didn't know his story. Mm -hmm. The other adults in the room noticed that he was very resistive. Um, I went over and got a drum and I coached them to take the drum for me. He took it. But I know reluctantly. He, yeah, reluctantly, and he's like, "Well, I'm going to take this drum, but I'm not going to play it." <laughs> I'll hold so, the damn thing. <laughs> we start drumming. The whole group started drumming. Uh -huh. I started doing my thing and encouraging him. To, in about ten minutes, he started drumming. That hood came off. He started drumming. He started getting into the drumming. A smile came on his face, and every person in the circle noticed this transformation going on in the young man. At the end, they didn't know they were going to get their own drum. And one of the seniors handed him a drum and he looked in the bag. He smiled and he gave her a hug. 
and he hugged other adults and there were tears in our eyes just to see the transformation. And the counselor told us that he had just been taken out of his home the night before, the day before. And that's uh, very... He was in so much pain. He was in a lot of pain. That he couldn't, if he let go at all, he had to protect himself. That's the arms across the the body like this is a a way of protecting yourself. And, you know, people... They don't even understand what these children... Well, they're going into a foster home. They're going to be fine. Well, they're not. They're they, taken out of their homes with the clothes on their on backs. On their backs. They, they have nothing. They can't take anything with them. Mm-hmm. It's... it's, it's, it's um, How traumatizing. It's terribly... I was on... I was one of the original members of the Citizens Review Board for foster children mm-hmm. in, when I lived in New Mexico. And my husband, I would sit there, and I would be reading these cases, and I'd be... <laughs> You know, just crying. He said, why do you do this? You know, it upsets you. So I said, well, somebody has to do it. Somebody has to do it. Somebody has to care what happens to these kids. And, man, some of them, it's just, and and when they first started coming to us, the caseworkers would all, their plan was always return home. We'd say, where is this mythical home you're going to return these children to? we, We don't know where dad is. Last time we saw mom, she was sniffing glue. You know, that was six months ago. So where's this mythical home you want to return this child to? And so what they would done was they bounced them from one foster home to another. Now you're 18. Goodbye. So long. Good luck. And they took a a, filed a suit against the state of New Mexico on behalf of the foster children, saying, if you have the power to take these children, then you have the responsibility Yes. to come up with a plan for them, even if it's TPR. TPR, for those of you who don't know, is terminate parental rights, which is an extreme yes. move. But sometimes it's the only move that's right for those children yes. so that they can be in a home where somebody is going to care what happens to them. Yes, ma'am. I know. The other situation was we went to you, Mom, to the homeless shelter. One of the young men, when we gave him a drum, he started beating this drum like he hated the drum, like he wanted to destroy the drum. Mm-hmm. He was beating it so vigorously. And the counselor came over and took the drum. She thought he was misbehaving. She took the drum and she set him down and took the drum away from him. And I went over to her and I whispered, I said, that's why we're here. He can't hurt the drum. He's here, we're here so that he can let out all of his anger and his frustration on the drum. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and she gave the drum back to him and he beat that drum. And I told those kids, beat that drum with everything that's in you. Mm-hmm. Another kid in the circle, he was beating his drum so hard, the head of the beater flew, flew off. off. Yeah. And he was stunned. I said, no problem, here's another beater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he was Okay, and no one hollered at him. Hollered at nobody. You know, it's okay for you to beat these drums, right? As hard as you want, you can't hurt. These these drums are your earthly mother, and when they received their drums, some of the children were in tears. I can keep this drum; it's mine. I can keep it. I go, yes, it's all. When you've lost everything, 
You know, people have no understanding sometimes of the, the impact. I remember um, in High Point, which is a, a, a section in, in uh, Seattle of public housing, and these kids came running in to tell these other kids, hey, they're throwing your stuff out on the lawn. Oh the God. parents had not told their children that they were going to be evicted. And the sheriff's department came in. They were just throwing the stuff out on the lawn. And people were coming oh and grabbing uh, the little that they had. And these kids went running back to try to save some of their stuff. And some of their friends went with them to try to, you know, protect what little. They didn't have that much to begin with. And 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 you, you know, the, well, we're just doing our job. You know, they're being evicted. It's like. Wow, that's not a good job. That's not a good job. That's not a good job when when little children um, are the are the baggage you're throwing out. Yeah, and they should never have been there. I understand you need to evict them. I get the that, but there's other ways of doing never, it. There's ways of doing things. Yeah, and the children never should have witnessed that. It's horrendous, and it's people horrendous. don't realize like. You don't have that much to begin with, and they're throwing it out, and people are going through taking your stuff, stuff, you know, mm -hmm. just taking it. So, I, I, you know, when I hear these things like this, I'm like, you know, I just want to pick them up and hug them, you know. Uh, because that kid that you're talking about, he needed to beat out that rhythm on the yeah. drum. <laughs> and our mantra is leave it on the drum. Yes. You come here, we do the drum circles every week, and we tell people, leave it on the drum. And it isn't, I've, I've done over 300 drum circles. I've never had not one bad drum circle. I've never had people say, well, that was the worst time I ever had. <laughs> and I always say, that was so awesome. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I had such a wonderful time. Yeah. And uh, drumming raises the vibration in your brain. It and does. it releases uh, soothing chemicals, right, and makes you have a feeling of well-being when you're finished. Absolutely. And so when you're finished, you're just kind of worn out. Oh, you feel good. Yeah. You've let it go. You've let it on the drum. Absolutely. Right. We're going to take a short break. I want to come back talk more about the drum. So it's a good time to stop. It's leaving it on the drum. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So you are listening to Susan Harmon Experience. I'm here with Lydia Woods. Uh, drummer extraordinaire and uh, lover of children and seniors. Yeah. What amazing woman you are. Uh, stay tuned for more. Uh, you're listening, as I said before, to Susan Harmon Experience on Alternative Talk Radio, KKNW. Stay tuned. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed back Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. to talk about the art of love and the Toltec messages of freedom and personal power. On Saturday, the dream doctor herself, Kelly Sullivan Walden, returns to explore the role of mysticism in dreams. Bringing you fascinating talk since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Susan Harmon is offering her skills as an intuitive counselor, medium, and energy healer via phone or Skype with her audience at a reduced rate of $40 for the first half hour. Susan listens to your guidance and gives what is needed for you in the present moment. Email susan at susanharmon.com and put I love the Susan Harmon hour in the subject line. This is a limited time offer, so set up your appointment by emailing susan at susanharmon.com today. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Susan Harmon Experience. I'm here with Lydia Woods. We're talking about drumming, 
we 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 ended just before the break with "Leave It on the Drum." Uh, it's so so wonderful. She's talking about uh, over 300 drumming circles she's done. Everybody always wants to come back. And uh, during the break, we were talking a little bit about the experience that seniors have with this. Yes, I. <sighs> You know, I was thinking about the homeless when I first started and drumming right. with the homeless. That was my motivation. But I didn't realize that drumming is needed in so many areas in our culture. And I started drumming in senior living facilities. Uh, I started just giving it away, a one-hour drum circle right. once a month. And as the children are impacted, you can see a noticeable difference in the children you can see a noticeable difference in seniors. Absolutely. You know, an older population, they're kind of hesitant to try something new. Children are not hesitant. No, because everything is new. <laughs> everything is new. <laughs> but seniors are a little skeptical when you try to introduce something new. But I notice that once they get a drum in their hands and they realize that they can do it, it's not difficult if they just follow the instructions. They really get into it, and mm-hmm. you can see a change in their faces, and a change in. At first, they're timidly doing mm-hmm. the drum, but then they become more, you know, comfortable. Comfortable, yeah. And they're with more authority. They're beating the drum, and they're just into it. Um, I did a drum circle at uh, my church. We have a. It's called T and T. It's a dinner every Thursday night. It's six bucks. It includes salad bar, entree, your drink, and dessert. Where is your church? My church is Lakeview United Methodist Church on 102nd and Thunderbird, across from Boswell Hospital. Oh, okay. And they serve about 120 people every Thursday night. Um, and I wanted to bring Drum Arizona to TNT after dinner. Uh huh. And when some of the seniors heard that they were, we were going to be drumming uh-huh. after dinner, they laughed. Scared them. It scared them. So we ended up with about 96 people. We passed out drums to all 96 people. Uh-huh. And we started doing what we do. They were so excited. It didn't hurt their hearing aids. <laughs> it wasn't, when you say drumming, people think of, Somebody with sticks. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Those drums, with kettle native, drums, or yeah, something. Yeah. But the Native American drums are very, very soothing. Absolutely. They're very good for senior populations. And people came up to me. They said that is the best time, the best show we've ever had. And I started a drumming group called Umoja. Umoja. Umoja is Swahili for unity. U-M-O-J-A, Umoja. Yeah, and we M-O-J-A. dress in um, African dashikis uh-huh. when we're doing the Native American, when we're doing the African djembe drums. Okay. And then we have a, a Native poncho <laughs> when we switch to the Native American drums. So we have, Love it. So I have about 26 people, uh-huh. all seniors, in our drumming group. Okay. They're, African, they're not professional drummers. No, 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 no. <laughs> But we have, uh, we go to do a performance, and the purpose of our performance is to raise money right. to buy the materials to make the drums for the children. Right. And so, um, but what's unique about our group 
is that we bring drums for the audience. Drums for the audience. And uh, yeah, so yes, the audience not, is drumming too. And when you go to perform for seniors, uh huh, they expect to be entertained. Yeah, I'm sitting here, entertain me. Mm -hmm. Entertain yeah. me. What are you going to do for us tonight? Yeah. And I say, you're going to entertain me tonight. And they get this look on their face. A panic. Yeah, yeah. a panic. I go, no, you're drumming tonight, not Yeah. Yeah. And of all the groups in Sun City that do performances and give shows, we're the only one that has audience participation. Yeah. We have over 200 drums. And we did a we did a, a drum circle with ninety plus people in it, and it was very very successful. That's fantastic. I'm wondering if some of the people that left that time before you started drumming, if they heard about how great it was, and then what, and yes, then the did. next time they came they, back, because you know they it's stayed. a small a small circle, a small of, circle of people, and uh -huh. someone said you really missed it. You you left, you, you, left, really missed, you it. missed it. Yeah. So the next time. Yeah. They, they were, it was a little different. Yeah. And um, we also do memory care. And we've gone into uh, memory care centers and we do the drumming uh, with them. Very attentive. And music has an impact. It does. You know, even care. the, everything from the Mozart effect, you know, which helps people learn and study and all this, but the drum and the heartbeat Yes. It's like being in the womb again with the drumming because you're in, you know, nurtured. You're you're never better nurtured than in your mother's womb. That's right. You know, and we always tell the story that the first uh, drum beat you ever heard was your mother's heartbeat. That's and right. Every person has heard that. And no one misses it. <laughs> no one misses it. That's here. And how soothing and comforting the beat of your mother's heart was for you in the womb. And that's kind of replicated on with the drums. Well, look at what we did as human beings. I mean, every culture, they got a tree stump. They got so they stretched the skin. Oh, guess what happens when look you do sound. that? Mm -hmm. You know, we figured out ways to make sounds because sound is really important to us. Yeah. The vibe because it's the vibration. The vibration. Yeah. You know, the musical instrument museum here is the only musical instrument museum in the country. Really? Where is the that? The MIM. And it's over in Scottsdale. Really? It's a beautiful museum. It takes two days to go through the museum. Really? It's two levels, and it's divided into countries. Wow. And it shows the musical instruments in each country. So you can, you can go all over the world in the musical instrument museum, the MIM. And so I went, everybody says, you've got to go, you've got to go. And I was particularly going to see the drums, particularly particularly in West Africa. Right, is where, that where your ancestry where is? Where my ancestry is, and yeah. the djembe drum comes from there. So I started in the African room, uh -huh. and I started making my way around to Brazil, to, you know, Guatemala, to all of these different places. Wow. But what I noticed is every culture had drums. Everyone, every culture has drums. Yeah. Every culture on our planet has drums. Mm -hmm. The drums look different because they use the materials that, that they have available in, to them. That's available yeah. to them. Exactly. They're shaped different. Every culture has drums. 
every culture dances with their drums, right. has a dance right. form right. with the drums, and they're singing. The drums are used to celebrate their culture. If it's the harvest, if it's a wedding, if it's whatever, they use drums in the ceremonies. Mm-hmm. So, and, and in so many cultures, the drums are sacred. Uh, well, they definitely are. Drums are drums are sacred, and it because again, it's back to the heartbeat. Right. And certain people in certain cultures are designated to play those drums or to make those drums. Yeah. A lot of times, the drum maker that has been passed down through their family, and only their family makes drums for that particular tribe or that particular culture, and it's just so fascinating. It is. I don't know if you saw when you came in, there's a drum back over behind my couch in the living room. It's a Japanese drum mm-hmm. that they put, there's a, a, a circle in metal. What is that called? Mm-hmm. A loop. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it goes on the belt. Those things, that's a heavy drum. Yes. And they march down the street playing yes. that drum. Yes. I mean, you know, I'm like just carrying that drum. <laughs> so they have surmised that drums are the first instrument, musical mm-hmm. instruments of man. Of course. Of ancient man, that it was drum, drums. It's the most important instrument that we have yeah. of all times. And there's been, we've done so many things uh, from it. There was um, a record that my mother had. It was, uh, I, it was like eight 45s in this little little album thing. And they got all of the jazz drummers on the West Coast together doing this album mm-hmm. and it was absolutely amazing what they did and the different drums that they brought yeah. in it was called drum suite and if i could ever drum find suite. that again mm-hmm. i want that because it was amazing drummers that never worked together but they all came together yeah. and and did yeah. this recording when one drummer starts the others just jump in. They can't help it. <laughs> they can't help. Yeah, you know, they can't help it. I mean, it's it's like so important to sit down, and it's and it's never competitive. You know, I go to the, yes. the powwows too, and you look to see, you know, who is who is playing the big powwow drums mm-hmm. and and what the rhythm and and those things they are holy, they are sacred, yeah, very sacred. and every culture has that. Yeah. I don't care. I have a Celtic drum in here too. Mm-hmm. Now it has a completely different kind of a oh, skin yes. on it. It's yes. a completely different sound, mm-hmm. you know, and every one of my native drums from, you know, this kind, yes. it has a different yes. sound depending every on the drum, drum maker. No two drums sound alike. No. And it also depends on your beater too. The beater, this, um, no two animals are alike. That's the true. The skins donated. are all different. Yeah. The animal is being, uh, the skin is being repurposed on the animal, re, you know, to uh, to be used. They have given their lives, you know, their lives. And now right. the skin is actually being reborn in an instrument. That's right. So there's no two animals alike. So therefore, there's no, there's no two, two drums alike. But you, you also look at having that sense of, you know, um, wh- when I grew up, we sat down at the table and my mother called it saying grace. Mm-hmm. And basically what it was is being in a state of grace with your food. Yeah. So with with most uh, of First Nations cultures on this continent, yeah. it was, for instance, with the buffalo, the hides, you know, the skins, they were they were to kept you warm. They housed you. The, the bone was used for this. The, every part of that was honored right. and used for. So you did, you took a life, 
but you took it with honor. That's right. And you gave thanks. And you give thanks. It's sacred. You honor the animal. We do right. an honoring ceremony before we make the drums. And that's and that's a really and we good thing. We recite to the Creator. We give thanks for the animal mm -hmm. who gave their skin, uh, the trees yes. because of the wood, wood. Mm -hmm. the plant life. And we give honor and thanks for that. So we do an honoring ceremony before we create the drama, new life. We also have a birthing ceremony because now that drum needs a birth. Yes. And when we, we give the drums to the children, in their bag is a birth certificate. Inside of the drum, we have put the drum maker's name, the birth date of the drum, and we put this is a 10 inch deer hide or elk hide. Mm -hmm. And we also write um, a line of affirmation in the drum to the child who's going to receive the drum. And the affirmation goes something like this. You are gifted and talented. Give your gift to the world. You are special in love. So each drum maker puts something in that drum, a positive affirmation to the child. Now we give them the birth certificate and they fill it out as a receiver of the drum. They get a chance to name their, their drum. drum. They put the birth date on there, the name of the drum maker. And so that's an activity that do, they do when they're alone. So that, uh, and then I, um, the image that's on the drum. Yes, that's the other part I was going to The do. Native American images, I. I draw the images on there in, in pencil. We have 14 different instruments. The cocopelli, oh, yeah. the, um, the bear, the eagle, the gecko. And I've also given them in their packet um, the totem, the meaning of that, of that animal, animal. Yeah. in the Native American Yeah, it's culture. very important. So they do, they have that so they can see what the image of their drum means. And you know, that's going to stay with those children forever. You you, you know what I mean? It's not just like, uh, oh, look, we went and we made a drum, and or, you right. know, but it stays with them. Not just that they were gifted the drum, but it's actually was birthed that day yes. for them. Right. And they're the parent of that drum now. It's now their responsibility. Yes. So there's a whole circle of things that happen for that it child. Is. It is. And I always wonder about the children who have received the drum. What impact would that have on their future, receiving that drum and playing that drum? I would, I would love to. Will they grow to. up to be drummers? Will they go up to make drums and paint drums? What impact will it have? And I, and I would surmise, this is just my surmising, <laughs> my imagination, that it's going to have almost an, an in, unseen impact. That, that energy from what happened then is going to be internalized yes. into their being. Yes. You know, so it's not like separate from them, but it becomes a part of who they are. Mm -hmm. And that the, the, the drum, I would love to talk to the children like five years later. Yes. And see where that is mm -hmm. and do a little story. That mm -hmm. would be, that would be to me just an absolutely marvelous thing to and See, to know. I know that they're impacted because... When I was a young child, my parents used to take us to the beach in Chicago on the Lake Michigan. And the drummers would hang out there, African native drummers for, uh, for the djembe drum. And you could hear the drum for miles. Wow. 
And I go, Mommy, Mommy, I want to go see the drummers. And she'd take us down there. And there would be crowds of people, and these guys would be jamming right, on the jimbo right, drums. Right. And I was so fascinated because that drum called me right. in the depth of my heart. Yeah. I was a little Spoke upset to your soul. because I didn't see any girls uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I'm like, mommy, mommy, how come girls aren't drumming? Just the men. And so because the men have co-opted everything. Because it was, a, <laughs> but it was a desire in my heart, right, to play the drums right. like the men played the drums, right. And it stayed with me for years. Yeah. One day I was a professor. I'm a professor at Spelman College in Atlanta. Uh-huh. Colleague comes in and she says, my husband and I are taking African djembe drum lessons. I go. <gasps> Oh, where this. is it? Where is it? Yeah. And that's how I got started. He made my first djembe drum. I took djembe drum lessons, and I was realizing a dream from my childhood. Isn't but, that wonderful? But little did I know that I would grow yeah. up to then make drums, have drum circles, and teach other people, have over 200 drums. I have over 100 African djembe drums. But look at where that's, look at the impact. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. And look at what I've become. I had no idea that was in my future. No, of course not. But but when you follow God, whatever word you want to use, to me, it doesn't matter how you, how you access that energy. It's like when you follow the truth, you ha- you you have no nothing else that you can do in your life when it's real when it's yes. authentic you have no choice and you move down that path and it's just so easy it just falls into place when it's absolutely it right. Is. I mean, I was a college professor uh-huh. teaching exercise science and physiology. Exercise science and physiology. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's why you're so good working with the uh, with the seniors. Kinesiology and sports studies yeah. is my doctorate. Uh-huh. What does kinesiology and sports studies have to do with drumming? Rhythm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm thinking rhythm. <laughs> I don't know. And my undergraduate degree was in physical education, recreation, and dance. Uh-huh. Well, but that ties in. There's a tie-in here. But I didn't know I would become a drum circle facilitator after my retirement. And that I would have all these. You, you haven't retired. You just shifted a, a, a gear. Right. You just shifted a gear. We are uh, getting down time-wise. We still have a few more minutes. And I want to make sure we get in everything you want to cover. And also get in the contact information. If people want to get hold of you, Lydia, so they can either volunteer or donate money. Or it supports you in this beautiful work you're doing in some way. How do they get in touch with you? We have a website. It's drumarizona.org. Drumarizona.org. Anybody who doesn't remember this, just email me, Susan at SusanHarmon.com, and I'll hook you up. And you can donate on that site. It costs mm-hmm. about $25 for one drum, drumstick, and a drum bag for a child. And that's pretty darn cheap. So you can, you know, you can donate that way. Um, my phone number is 404-404-217-217-2459. That's 400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-400-
I messed it up twice in a row. <laughs> no, it's four zero four. Yes. Oh, two, I can stop zero zero. One, it's four zero four. Seven. Two four five nine. Two four five nine. Okay. And our information is on the It's website. all on the That's website. Not, yeah. Contact information. Yeah. yeah. And um, we're at the church once a week making drums, painting drums, and having drums. What circles. day are you there? On the second to... and fourth Wednesdays, we have a drum circle from 1.30 to 3.30. So if somebody wanted to, <clears throat> to join that, can they just show Anybody up? Anybody can come. It's a free community drum circle. You know, I, I find that interesting, and, and I might it might be something I might want to do after I do the Arizona Enlightenment Center one day on a Wednesday. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I'm thinking about, $6 for dinner is awfully cheap. <laughs> <laughs> it is for TNT. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It is open to the community. It's just Yeah, wonderful. that's what I'm thinking. Is mm-hmm. the food fairly decent? We have a top-notch chef. I will be there. I'm going to come just to hang out with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I I, this is not enough time for me to talk with you. And there's so much you have to teach me, and I and I want to learn. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it has been absolutely wonderful having you on the show, and I want to make sure that we're going to do another show, you and I. We did this mostly on the children, but we, I want to do a show on how you're handling the Senior Olympics and the things that you're doing and how you're training people. And, it's, you know, see, in my opinion, all this connects. It really does. There is a tie-in. I'm also mm-hmm. an ordained minister. I teach four Bible studies a week, and I preach twice on Sunday at Senior Living Facility. Cool. And so I I touch every area with ministry, physiologically, spiritually, emotionally, and also um, physical. And I teach the fitness classes. When you teach the fis- fitness classes. So, so every area is covered. Well, Kubler-Ross, do you remember her? <clears throat> she wanted to do these ET centers, elderly and toddlers, uh-huh. because there's so much. And that's how the old ancient, our ancient cultures did, because right. when the women went out to gather and the men went out to hunt, the children were left with the elders. Yes. And there is that connection. I mean, you know what they say about grandchildren and grandparents, why they get along so well? Mm-hmm. They have a common enemy. I know I shouldn't be ashamed of myself. I'm just not. Shame on me. We've had this high spiritual conversation, and I have to end it with a, with a really uh, weird little joke. Um, I have had such a delightful Thank afternoon you. talking with you. It's been amazing. And I just want to remind my audience that whatever you do as you go forth today, please remember to keep on dancing. Have a great one. Bye-bye.